All right. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm just so excited. I'm just so excited. Doing these interviews has become like one of my favorite things. I really didn't think I was going to do a lot of interviews, but there are just so many amazing women in my space. I just, I just want to share. I just want to share with everyone. So with that being said, I have in the virtual studio with me today, Sahar Paz. She is absolutely amazing. I just want you guys to know you are in for a treat and make sure you check the show notes and the description of today's podcast so that you can get all of her wonderful information, how to contact her, the links that she's going to share with you. Also in the show notes, anything that we talk about, whether Sahar or myself, any links to resources will be in the show notes as well. So that, you know, we got all the administrative stuff out of the way. Now let's just get to the good stuff. Welcome to the Happy Executive Woman's Podcast, where women just like you learn how to navigate your work, home, and love lives with confidence and calm, all while being in command of your emotions. Here's your host, Coach Anita Charlo. Have you grabbed your free download that provides you with 10 tips on how to date successfully as a professional woman? It's not just for single women, you know. It's also for women already in a relationship or married. So head on over to the show notes to get your copy and learn how to begin to open up your life and your calendar to make room for the love life you've always wanted. I am so happy to have you here. If you can do me a favor and just share a little bit about yourself, about your background and what inspires you to work in helping people find and own their voices, that would be great. Well, first of all, thank you. Thank you, Anita, for having me, for putting all the effort to put all this together and get these important messages out there. And, you know, you started by saying, oh, I love guests and I have so many amazing women in my circle and they're a reflection of you. And, and so I just want to say thank you for the effort because it takes some to put a podcast together. So yes. <laughs> you out there, executive women listening, you can pass this podcast to someone else and invest in Miss Anita. No, my thank name, you. Yeah. Sahar Paz is my name. And my first name Sahar means when night meets day. That's a very fancy way to say Dawn. So if you've got any friends named Dawn, Sahar <laughs> is their name. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Awesome. Um, finding and owning the voice has become my mission even before I could say this is my mission uh, because of, of my childhood, because of watching men and women, both genders, have their voices taken from them. So I was born in a revolution in the Middle East. And although a lot of times when we hear about that region of the world, we think it is the women who have no rights, but it's hard for the gentlemen to watch the people that they love, mm. their rights taken away. And so there mm -hmm. becomes a really messed up power and the whole community really suffers. And uh, living in America as a person of color, you can relate. You Absolutely. can relate. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, so uh, at a very young age, and I came to the States, Denver, Colorado in 1986 as a refugee of war, I really learned really quickly to read between the lines of how uncomfortable my name or my mom's accent would make people feel. 
Um, and so there was this kind of voice that was kind of put on us and I rebelled against it for a long time and it made me burn out. It made me go to the top. It made me burn out. Mm-hmm. And so finding and owning your voice is my mission because of those young days, because of those impressionable days that really left a mark on me, um, into my womanhood, into my forties. Yeah. So that's, that's me. Wow. Oh my goodness. I can't imagine being a refugee of, of war. Right. I can't imagine what that's like, you know, I mean, being a woman of color over here, we have our own war Mm -hmm. on a daily basis, but you you know, it's just the fact that you've come over and that you have decided after you said, after you rose to the top. So you sounds like you had um, some time in corporate America, right where you had, you were on the, as we say, the hamster wheel, you know, you were doing the thing. And then you decided that that just, that wasn't for you. So lead us through um, your journey through corporate America. And when you knew that, okay, this is it, I, I can't do this anymore. And you decided to move forward and go, go with, go on with the mission that you have today, which is helping people find their voice. You got it. Well, I learned at the age of 13 that you can start working here in the States and make some money. And I realized the power of money and working hard and, you know, being just a good worker. And that work ethic took me all the way to corporate. And because I wanted to work, because I wanted to make that money, I really didn't even, I just kind of skipped through college. I took a couple of semesters. I had to pay for my own education. I was like, man, I'd just rather work. I know how to go make some money. Right. So it was my work ethic that really took me to that corporate ladder. And it was me taking my resume and, excuse me, being a manager in retail and really flipping that for a corporate environment. And I was able to move myself from Colorado to Florida by flipping that resume and began in, in life insurance. Mm-hmm. And so here I am in the world of finance that eventually takes me to New York city where I'm working in the private bank and still in the mortgage arena. So mm-hmm. at this point I've reached there, I'm 25, I'm in New York. So here are all the things on my happy list, dream city, a stable job, being in this relationship. And I get all of them, check, check, check. And I found mm-hmm. myself unhappy and working really hard, burning the candle at both ends, thinking this will give me happiness. And it's either working really hard in the office or afterwards by being a people pleaser or, you know, different things of trying to figure that where that happiness lies. And so that is when I really learned this isn't for me. And I learned it the very hard way and my body gave out. I completely burned out. Mm. And I was just pushing and pushing and pushing. And yeah. so a lot of us do that. I just, you know, just I'll deal with it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I don't right. have a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a privilege for me to even be in this position. I better, you know, don't do anything to mess it up. Right. You know, and I realized then that I was really living the story that was comfortable for my family as immigrants. Mm-hmm. So stick to finance, stick to, you know, these big industries and safe and whatever. Um, and so it was a lot of me of what I thought was safe, mm-hmm. but it really wasn't. And, and so I, I burned out and it caused me to be hospitalized for nine months. 
Really? Mm-hmm. I had to go on disability and it was a complete mental burnout. Wow. Wow. That's, you know, we carry a lot of that, right? Women, we carry a lot of that. And, you know, I, I talk about that a lot just in my own personal space, right? You have women will, and just made a post on Facebook about it. We will continue to run ourselves in the ground. We won't look out for ourselves. If we have family, like immediate family, if we have children, a husband will look out for them first. I'll get to me later. Sometimes the women that I work with, they're so used to being at the top of, you know, their industry and being known for being at the top of their industry. And this is the perception that they want to continue. They will run themselves into the ground personally just to keep up that perception. Right. And then you have women who go through their lives to take, do all of this and to be, be everything to everybody. And then at the drop of a hat, you know, I always say, once you turn 40, you start thinking about things, but once you turn 50, thrifty, there we go. When you turn 50, <laughs> when you turn 50, you're like, you know what? Oh, hell no, I'm not doing this anymore. And then you drop whatever you're doing. You move to Bali and you open up a bikini stand on the beach. Right. So in between that, right. What can you do? And it sounds like, you know, you didn't, you didn't listen to your body telling you, because I'm sure there was signs along the way. And your body was just like, you know what, you won't listen to me. Fine. I'm going to take over. And it just, it just shut down nine months. And I was 25. Think about how young that is. 25. I was 25 when that happened. So think about how young that really is and how robust my mind should be. My body was okay, but my mind, you know, when your mind can't go, you cannot go. Right. Um, So it was, it was heavy. And, you know, it was a lot of PTSD that I also had to deal with. It wasn't just, oh, I'm in this job trying to people please. But Mm -hmm. when you are in survival mode, which I believe as executive women, as women Mm -hmm. of color, as black women, yes, survival mode is there and not you know, it's there underneath in the nervous system, mm-hmm. right? It is. So mm-hmm. the, like the little wars that you were talking about. So it, it, it's part of your consciousness is part of your decision-making and that takes a certain kind of energy. Yes. And that gives a certain, you know, when you come home, there's so much more than your heels that you take off. Yes. <laughs> oh, you are, you get me. You, you totally get me, right? I know last year was, was hard for a lot of us, but I can honestly tell you that I I've spent, and I'm 55, I'll be 56 this year, but I've spent the majority of my adult life, not trying to focus on the pain of my ancestors, right? Because it would be too much for me to, to really hold on to that. And then to, to continue to, um, do better in an environment that really didn't care about what my past have been or my generation's past have been like. And so last year, I think I just hit a wall. I hit a wall, especially after the George Floyd incident. I was like, you know what? I can't, I can't. I just, I had to shut down. I shut down at the same time I was going through a uh, trauma informed yoga training so that I can provide that as a service to my clients. But with George Floyd, that training work in my business And then learning that my mom um, had dementia, like all of that happening at one time, I was like, okay, that's it. The trauma-informed yoga training opened up a lot of old wounds 
right? And I wasn't just feeling for George Floyd. I was feeling for all of the times where I had, you know, not used my voice and not owned my voice and all of the stories that I knew about, you know, the women that had gone before me. And it was just a lot. So I just, I didn't focus on the business. I, you know, the clients that I had, once we completed their programs, I didn't add any more clients and I just took that time for me. So it's just, it's just one of those things, whether it's, you know, mental or physical, when you hit that point, you hit it at 25, I hit it at 54, right? (laughs) But when you hit it, it wakes you up, right? And that's what it sounds like it did for you. So you said that you went through, um, you, you had to deal with PTSD, you were, you know, hospitalized for nine months. How did you come back from that? What did you do? How did you, how did you find your footing again? It was really understanding how change happens on a daily basis and giving myself the permission. So I will share with you in a little bit of what that meant for me. But for you out there listening, and part of the reasons I love podcasts is you can begin to understand and find the solutions that work well for your personality, your specific trauma, the way that your mind and body works, depending if you're an introvert, extrovert, left brain, right brain, all the brains, you know, so... <laughs> Um, for me, I do use both sides of my brain. And I think one of the reasons in in working in finance, I was so depleted is none of my creative side was being fed. Mm. And so in this nine months, there was a full hospitalization for about four months of it. But then after that, I would go into a day program that was based on cognitive behavior, which Mm -hmm. is, this is what I think, this is how it makes me feel. And then this is how I act. Mm-hmm. So my first book, Find Your Voice, is actually breaking that down in layman's terms and writing some of my stories. And so it's really, I call it Find Your Voice because you're finding your voice inside. Like, what am I talking myself into and out of? Am I, am I being my own hype woman or am I being right. my, a hater, right? Right. So um, that was the program that I went to in the daytime. And, and <clears throat> here's what I know now is that that program helped me logically break down a lot of these big things, like what you just shared with us, Anita, and thank you for being so vulnerable about all that you were going through, mm-hmm. you know, from your mom to your business. Mm-hmm. And so you have to almost compartmentalize to survive. And I think as people of color, you learn how to do that. The mask yeah. outside, the real mm-hmm. person inside. Mm-hmm. I got this person with this group of friends and here's the real me. Right. Already. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's also what I had to do. I mean, uh, when we moved here within the first six weeks, it was like, don't say you're Persian. Don't say you're from Iran. They say why your mom has an accent. So you're from Turkey. So mm-hmm. boom, already learning what masks I have to put on. Mm-hmm. And so it was really, you know, all those things make you carry a lot of shame. All those things make me make you bite your tongue. All those mm-hmm. things make it hard to understand what's your voice, what's not. Right. And so that was really the program breaking down the pain of the ancestors, breaking down how it influences the way I think the prison mm-hmm. in my perspective and, and adding some logic to it. Now, the thing about cognitive behavior, it's very white male centered and that's who mm-hmm. came up with it. There's none of that feminine energy of let's dance or let's play music, the mm-hmm. creative feminine energy that comes from collaboration and doing things that you know, in the beginning, it did help me to put percentages to all my different pain because damn, the trauma is deep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but then to move past it, 
I needed this other thing. And, and for me, um, I, I joined a salsa dance group Mm -hmm. and that's really how I found my voice because it was so uncomfortable. It was a safe place for me to put myself out there, channel my adrenaline Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, get yourself out of your comfort zone, which I think some of us are afraid to do. Some of us don't want to invest the time and money. Some of us are just afraid of trying something new and being maybe a little bad at it. Mm -hmm. So that's a very long answer to say what I learned in that coming out, because I've repurposed that and reused that as challenges have come up because as you know, they do. Yes, they do. (laughs) Yes, they do. They do. And even, you know, as you were discussing your journey with me, you mentioned salsa dancing and movement, right? Um, part of the, I can totally relate to that because part of my journey last year and trying to figure things out, I always, you know, I, I tell people all the time, I had 2.5 therapists, right? I had the instructor for the trauma-informed yoga training where we had to report every week. We had to talk through because if you're going to help other people with their trauma, you have to be able to touch yours first, right? And so we had those. So she was that sort of support for me. And then I said, you know, um, in the Black community, mental health, seeking mental you know, health uh, support is just not a thing. But I was like, I'm not going to be that person. So I had my talk space therapist because, of course, we couldn't do in person. And then I also had a somatic experience practitioner, which was, and this was something that I didn't realize, she taught me my yoga instructor told me this is something that I think you would benefit from because I had also had an energy reading done, which stated that all of all that was coming in, I was giving out and I wasn't holding on to it. Right. I was pouring out all this love for everybody else, but I wasn't doing anything for myself. And I didn't think, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. This is warm and fuzzy. This is woo woo, but fine. So, you know, after last year and everything just the onion needs to peel back the layers. It just exploded. I was like, fine, I'll do it. So in the working with the somatic experience practitioner, what she taught me was how to touch my pain, where it was, when to, how to recognize it. Because there were times last year when I would have to leave work and go for an emergency chiropractor appointment because I couldn't turn my head left or right. I would have to turn my entire body because of the stress. So she taught me how to recognize the subtle signs, right? And how to figure, oh, wait, I know what this is. I know what this is. And so movement became very important to me. And when I think about back in my 20s, I used to go dancing like every weekend. That was my way. I get on the floor and just sweat it out. But I don't do it anymore. I don't do it anymore. And so this was a good way to get back in touch with me. So Kudos to you for salsa dancing. I would love to do salsa dancing when the world opens up again. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Until then, y'all, we got YouTube. Exactly. Name free at home. <laughs> no mask required, right? Exactly. Wow. So, so I know we talked a little bit about it, but if you can explain for the listeners, like, What does it really mean to find your voice? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I'm talking about finding that voice on the inside, because before you speak out loud, there's a lot going on and you can have 70 to 100,000 thoughts in a day. 
Ain't nobody trying to hear all that. Right. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. Right. No <laughs> right. So finding your voice is a lot about one, that self-awareness and not about tuning into everything. But again, that self-awareness that you just talked about, where is it showing up in my body? Uh, you know, and the thing with like, when you feel something in a moment, it lasts six seconds. It's that seven second onward where we like, keep it going, keep it going. Right. And it's that self-awareness of like, Hey, am I getting myself you know, talking myself in or out of some greatness here, what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so that self-awareness is one piece. And that's, you know, listening to yourself and also tuning into your body, listening to the self-talk as well as the physiological self. Mm -hmm. right. And then it is self-regulation, also known as pumping your brakes. Right. <laughs> so, right. And, and, you know, I think as, as folks who've sometimes have been told either be in the shadow or don't, don't come across emotional or angry, you know, we're very good at self-regulating, maybe a little too good, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's something to think about as well. Like what does self-regulation mean for you? And sometimes it means about like when we're getting hard on ourselves or when we want to say something and say, Oh no, I'll just do it later. Oh, it doesn't really matter that much. Mm -hmm. So understanding maybe how you regulate now and is it working for or against you? That's one of the big things. And, and in just between those two things, that's a lot of work, listening mm -hmm. to yourself and regulating how you're responding to that. Right. And within that, you know, when you really begin to tune in, there's some things that could come up. You might start feeling guilty, maybe because you actually go and use your voice in a situation that you haven't before. And so you feel kind of bad about it afterwards. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so, or maybe you're, you know, when you're finding your voice and using it, you're, it's tough. You're finding your words too. You're mm -hmm. finding your messaging and figuring out what lands with the other party, but finding your voice, I'm going to come back to, it's that self-awareness and we can get into some more tips and tricks around that in a minute. And then self-regulation, pumping your brakes, deciding how you want to react. Right. And are you holding yourself back too much? Or are you ready to lean in? What's going on for you? Right. And even when you, when you find your voice and you speak up, individuals that are not used to you using your voice, you know, you, you have to be in a space, I think, where you're prepared to deal with the pushback, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes mm -hmm. people will come back and they will point a finger at you and say, okay, it's your, you're the problem. It's you, it's you, it's you, where, you know, within yourself, once you find your voice that no, it really isn't me. And this is not okay. You can no longer do this or talk to me in this kind of way. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so it's, you know, don't let the pushback two people have to address when you find and own your voice. One, it's you, it's you hearing it. And listen, before you even see, you know, say it and hear it, there's this whole adrenaline pumping up inside. So you're sweating. Yeah. <laughs> Things are beating fast. You're right. like, man, this feels like hell. I must be going the wrong way, but you're yes. not. That's your adrenaline kicking up. Your adrenaline's got right. your back, right? Mm -hmm. so just a little extra deodorant that day. Bring your wipes. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. You know? And so just your body is, is gearing you up. Your body's not talking you out of it. That's one thing. And then hearing it, feeling the vibrations, having it fall back on your ears, all of that is a, a mixed bag. And then, and like Anita said, Hey, there's going to be this other person that's going to be like, Whoa, who this? What's mm -hmm. going on? Right. right? So, um, don't let that scare you. And for those moments, just like I need to set to be prepared, what does be prepared means? It doesn't mean let's confront one of the most, one of the ways I like to be prepared, especially when I'm reintroducing myself is have some questions, you know, 
Like, and it's go down that worst case scenario because that allows you to go down the rabbit hole and you got a contingency plan. Mm-hmm. You are ready for A, B, C to Z. Right. And so if you think of, okay, I'm finally going to speak up with my colleague and say, you know, I actually don't agree with this, Bob. Um, you know, this is something I think you need to handle this part and I'm going to handle this part. Well, Sahara, I've never heard you say that. Isn't this, we've always done it this way, so on and so forth. Yeah, but you know what, Bob? You're always talking about let's think outside of the box and try new processes. So this is what I'm thinking. What are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. And, and, and be collaborative in the sense because that's not you being weak. That's you helping them come to the realization. So right. have, have some of those remarks and, and have more questions prepared versus a defense like statements, because you want the conversation to evolve. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing about questions. And it's not that you're questioning them literally end the question with what are your thoughts? Or mm-hmm. I'd love to hear from you. Or, you know, there's, let's, let's think about some other ways we can approach this. Right. And that's a great example for the corporate setting. You know, um, I talk a lot about relationships, not just the work relationship, but also the home relationship, right? So how would someone um, address using their voice and preparing for the pushback in a personal relationship? Well, there's always three truths, yours, your partner's, and what's really going down. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. So it's important, you know, one of these things that it always comes back to, because the same person that stands in the bedroom stands in the boardroom is what I like to say. Right. Mm-hmm. And we've, you know, we've had to check our emotions at the door, but I think the, the bright side of the pandemic and what happened in the racial awakening because of George Floyd's death is that this conversation is happening more around how are you feeling? What is your perspective? Everyone's trying to learn this empathy, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And so it, it is about using that to our benefit. And um, when you have the pushback at home, you know, some of it is about timing. Come back to your values. And I say this because this is when your energy exchange will be okay. When you're making the compromises you have to make in life and you'll still be okay. Mm-hmm. And if you're not sure what your values is, this is a, an amazing reflective exercise to do with your family member, you can do it with your colleagues mm-hmm. and you can go to Google and Google and find, give me a list of values and you're going to get, you know, sheets that you could print with 125, 150 right. values. Mm-hmm. Right. And you can begin to just, you know, one of my favorite things is put them on sticky notes, put them on mm-hmm. sticky notes. And then once you do begin to group the ones that seem to go together, Yeah, like for me, integrity, trust, and honesty, I was like, these all kind of go together. Mm-hmm. If I have integrity, guess what? I'm going to be honest. And if I'm honest, I'm going to cultivate trust. It's mm-hmm. all going down, right? So you kind of right. figure out the buckets they're in. And if you do this with that family member, it's, it's about finding that common ground. It's about also being clear on what your values are and, and, and knowing, hey, you know, am I the one selling myself short? Is this the right place for me? Is this the right job for me? Mm-hmm. So these negotiations, and sometimes when you do them at home, because it is the same, you have to live with these people. People are sensitive. They have triggers. We have baggage. We got history, right? So it's some of the same landmines, if you really think about it. And so mm-hmm. if you're brave enough to do it at home, where hopefully you're more yourself, 
it will begin to bleed in those other areas of your life. And you'll get to practice the words you use. You'll get to practice that self-regulation and nobody can get you heated like a loved one. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) If you guys can see my face, if you can (laughs) see my face, oh my goodness. Girl, I wish you could see it. <laughs> so it's really the best practicing yes. ground. So, you know, if you guys really both think about your values, these become words and conversations that you bring to the table that are not about the topic at hand about, you know, and there are certain people that bring um, religion as the center for their relationship. You know, if you have that, great. If not, these values become another way that you could begin to come in and understand each other and find, you know, the perspective. It's about understanding the other person's perspective, literally. Right. Yeah. And if you've been, you know, selling yourself short for too long, mm-hmm. you're going to need stamina, boo. So mm-hmm. instead of being frustrated, uh, I got to repeat this again, just know that you're worth it and know that you're going to have to repeat. And if you are a survivor of trauma and it's very hard for you. Sometimes we leave sticky notes. Sometimes we leave texts. Sometimes we find our voice in other ways, voice memos in a text. And mm-hmm. so have that stamina because you will have to be repetitive because you're introducing the new you to yourself and to someone else. Right. That is so, that is so true. That is so powerful. The re- repetition, you have to do it because you can't you know, sometimes clients come in and they think, okay, yeah, I got that covered. Okay. We can move on to the next thing. And I'm like, just know this is not completely over. You know, this will come back around. And so I always like to give my clients the idea of a spiral staircase, right? So if you think about a spiral staircase, that's, you know, just, just before there's a wall behind it and think of your issue as a painting. When you walk up the first level, you see that painting from that perspective, right? From that level. And then the next time you go around, you, you're up to the second level, there's the same painting, but you're seeing it from a different perspective. That's the problem, right? So if you have an issue, even though you address that issue on level one, that issue is going to come back. It's going to be a little different once you get to level two, but it will not just go away. So you're going to have to continue to you know, practice put into practice, repeat the same type of thing or the same type of situation before you can actually move through it without it having that same level of energy that it had with you on level one. Right. So I love that. Totally, totally love that. Okay. I love that visual of the staircase. And if anyone out there has been thinking about visualizations or meditations as a way to help yourself, that right there is a really great one to help train your brain. And that was so, I mean, it's just such a good visual and it makes so much sense. So thank you for sharing Anita. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) You're so welcome. Okay. So how do we decipher what's our voice and how our voice has been conditioned? Well, that values exercise is a really good one. What you were talking about earlier is you can just feel it. You could feel it in your body if it's not right, if it's not falling well with you. And so those are two, two of the ways that I'm going to say really quickly, but then there's a a fun way, but definitely get tight on those values because you need to understand what drains you and what drains you is anything that's the opposite of your values. And so that's a, that's a big thing I'm going to say, 
but in, in my journey of finding your voice and those 70,000 to a hundred thousand thoughts in a day, well, there's a lot of, you know, we can use psychological terms like, uh, changing your perspective or fortune telling, but it's really about understanding how you talk to yourself. And so for me, I'll give a couple of examples of my journey and how I began to name some of the self-talk personalities on the inside because you get wrapped up with them. And I wanted to be able to self-regulate, pump my brakes, but it's mm -hmm. hard to do that. And so when I was writing my book, English is my second language, and I had the fortune telling, telling the end. So it was psychic Phyllis. So mm -hmm. who are you to write this book? English is your second language. You've got some grammar issues. You can, you know, da, 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 going mm -hmm. on and on and on. on. Tell me that. And so if you're ever telling the end, either totally bad or even totally good, I'm going to write this book. I'm going to be a millionaire. Oprah's going to have me on her show. Right. right. <laughs> you're just setting yourself up bad either way. Yeah. So psychic Phil, psychic Phyllis, that's fortune telling. That's when you're looking at the end and and not even giving yourself a chance. Mm -hmm. Another one that's been really good for me when I have fear is logical Layla. Logical Layla says, all right, fearful Fran, come on, give me your list. Let's go down the rabbit hole of all the pushback we're going to get. And mm -hmm. I'm going to come in on the other side with logic and tell you how we can, how we can deal with that, that you are equipped. you got everything you need. Mm -hmm. And so you know, think of these names on the inside for yourself, because this is about leaning away from that talk understanding, Hey, is this me? Does this feel good in my body? Is this the direction I want to be going? Mm -hmm. Right. And so that can be sensual Sasha. I don't know. Creative Candace. Right. <laughs> uh -huh. So listen, if Beyonce has it, she's got a, a name when she wants to get on stage, yes. we can do it too. Yes, we can do it too. <laughs> oh, I love that. So I get I, your Sasha fears. Let's do it. I love that. I call my I call my rebellious, um, don't make me show my black card side, Shaniqua Shay Shay. So it's, it's, she can go there. It's like, don't push that button. Cause once Shaniqua is out, it's over. Right. And so my, my friends and I had a coworker at my previous job and, you know, another black a woman and she had met Shani Gwasheshe. And so we would have our conversations. And when she could feel me going there, she's like, Shani I'm like, oh, oh yeah, you're right. Okay. Okay. I have to come back. I have to come back. But yes, I love naming, you know, the different parts of yourself because it's a lot easier to, to like, she would stop me right in the middle of my rants. She called me Shani Anita would hear it. And then, uh, okay, we're in the workplace. Yes. I remember. And so that was good. And then Shanique was the one that comes out when she needs to protect, right? When she feels like, okay, nope, this is too much for nice Anita. It's time for me to step up and, you know, take over. So um, yes, totally love that. Totally love that. Yeah. So, so make up your own names out there. Whoever's listening, have fun yeah. with it because it's heavy work. So it's important to, to keep it fun. Yeah, I have another, I have a friend who's also a coach, her, her name is Coach Jenny, and she, um, Hilda is her, it's her inner critic, so Hilda's her name, so That's shout out one. to Coach Jenny. I just, I could just talk to you all day, um, but my next question for you is, after you find your voice, it's time to own it, right? That can mean different things in your personal and professional life, but where do you start? 
I like to break it down life in buckets because we can't do it all at once. And when you do, you're going to mess it up somewhere. So one of them, there's personal and professional, but really there, there's a few more in that. So one, there's that relationship to yourself. So do I need to get into my body? Do I need to do some healing? Do I need to have some honest conversations with myself? Do I need a counselor to help me with those? That's the bucket with self. And there's your bucket with relationships. Your relationships can be intimate with your family, with your kids, you know, and, and look at that bucket. And there's that professional bucket. And then the last one is your spiritual bucket. And so I would look at those and say, where do I want to really own my voice? And that's me showing up the way that I've always kind of whispered or thought about or dreamt about or saw in someone else and said, oh, I wish I could do that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, or even sometimes for me, it was like, oh, if I were to, you know, live in overseas, my, my life vibe would be different. I would, I wouldn't be living to work. I would work to live, you know, or mm-hmm. vice versa. So it's about kind of bringing that mentality into, into the now for yourself and whatever that is. And so figure out that bucket because it's the place that you feel the most confident in. It's the place that you feel like you can have the most success in because you gain your confidence, you have owned your voice, and then it begins to go into the other ones. Mm-hmm. Now I got to speak to my lane of genius and what I love about personal branding. Cause since the find your voice days, I've started own your voice strategy firm and I wanted to, and this came from being on the road and, and, you know, you want to change the world and you you want to make a difference and you Mm -hmm. realize I can't do it by myself. I realized that, you know, in my burnout, like, girl, you can't do it by yourself. And so this personal branding is really allowing me to get behind other people. And because I get behind these conscious leaders, it becomes a very big exercise because they have a lot of things they want to push forward at the same time. Mm -hmm. A lot of people they want to help. Then they get the imposter syndrome. Who am I to do right. this? Right. So right. Right. It's it's a beautiful exercise. And if you have been thinking about your personal brand on LinkedIn or whatever, the the activity of going through that is 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 a great challenge and, and revelation in, in your career. But at the end of the day, pick a bucket, give yourself a chance, gain confidence in one area, and it will naturally spill into the others. So is it yourself? Is it your relationship? with others? Is it your professional or do you need to tap into your spiritual side and, and gain some strength there? Mm. I like that. I like that the personal branding that's, you know, it sounds like with the different buckets, right? It's, it's almost like looking at stepping into your future self. And then asking, you know, responding in a situation as your future self, but you've already identified what that future self looks like, what she sounds like, how she carries herself, how she responds. And so when you responding today, according to your future self, and you keep doing that, the repetition, the practice helps it become normal for you, right? It's no longer your future self. It is who you embody today. Exactly. And give yourself a chance to have that vision. You know, we, as people of color, and I think, especially as a black woman, it's like thinking small blame into background and that cuts off your vision after what we went through in 2020. And anytime there's trauma Mm -hmm. or the ancestral trauma, it's hard to have a big vision. It's kind of sometimes limited. So when you're visioning and what you're saying, like really embodying that allows you to go bigger and go bigger Mm -hmm. and go bigger you know, and I love it. I love it. Stand yeah. on my shoulders. Let me brand 
all of you <laughs> wonderful leaders. Yeah, yes. Let's get you out there. Let's break biases. Yeah. Oh, it's it's certainly time. Certainly time for that. Okay. So I'm going to ask you this one last question, maybe. I'll try to keep it brief, (laughs) but I'm going to ask you this one last question. I think our listeners are really going to, this is something that I talk about a lot and it's like not really giving ourselves credit. And I talk about it in terms of relationship, but, you know, having to dim our light in order to be liked by someone else or in order to be, you know, even at work, you know, we don't want to ruffle too many feathers. We, we just, we don't know how to be our best selves or we don't allow ourselves the opportunity to do that because we shrink. Like we, we don't take up a whole lot of space. So to the Gen X women out there who are called to play small in their personal and professional life, what do you want to share with them? This is your time. The time is now. You did not get passed up. You might've become a little pessimistic, but you didn't get passed up. And, you know, working in personal branding, I see a lot of millennial women who are just like, boom, going for it and passing up some Gen X women, including myself. And I see it's because she's got a little less baggage to unpack. Mm -hmm. Right. So for us, it's really time to put it down and, and understand that it's our time. It's our time for many reasons. And I am a Gen X woman because we got the wisdom under our belt. We got the experience under our belt and we still have stamina and we still look good. Absolutely. So, <laughs> right. So literally I say it is your time and not just, you know, because it's these motivational Instagram quotes, let's talk about the awakening. Let's talk about the abundance of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And yes, there are some organizations who are putting statements out there and just doing it for show, but there's a lot of others who are trying. And when the hand gets extended, take it. Right. And I think some of it is scary. Some of it is unsure of like, you just want me because you want to check your box. Well, if they have that bad intention, hold them accountable. Mm-hmm. Still play chess and allow it to work for you. Unless you're, it's a crazy toxic environment, I would, I would say, go for it. Go for it. Take advantage. Uh, something that might feel opportunistic is not. And that's one of the ways we've, that we've been conditioned. Yeah. So I think it's about chin up, look past the horizon and look at where we are as society. We have a long way to go, but there are conversations being started within organizations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm seeing it here in Houston. I'm in Houston, Texas. So we're, we're a blend. We are a blend. And yeah. if I'm seeing that some of the organizations here are taking wind, I'm hoping that wherever you are and listening in, that you'll also be experiencing the same. So it's your time, whether it's investing in your personal brand, speaking up at work, practicing in one of those buckets. It's, it's really about finding your voice inside and giving yourself permission and to think bigger and talk bigger and be bigger and whatever that means for you. And Anita is here to help you with that. Anita is here to help you practice your voice. She's here to help you move that through your body. You're not listening to her podcast by mistake. Shoot, we're in it. <laughs> 30 minutes. Right. (laughs) Great. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. Right. And I just, I am just so thankful that when I stepped out from behind just writing and posting on the internet to decide not only to share my voice, but to open up my platform, to share the voices of other women that I knew would be a great addition to the podcast and also be able to help the listeners. You know, it's about, it's about community over a competition, right? 
And I think that the more we do that as women, the better that we will be as a whole. You know, I keep, I always hear and I've experienced, you know, like the, what do we call it? The crab or the lobster in the tank syndrome, right? Where, okay, well, I don't want her on my show because of this, or I don't want to invite her because of that. There is room for everyone. Each one of us brings our own magic and we bring our own experiences and we bring our own um, journey to our healing to, and to finding our voice. And so I, that's what I want to provide in these interviews um, on my podcast. And I truly thank you for being a part of that and for gracing us with your presence. So with that, I want everybody to head on over to the show notes. I want you to connect with Sahar, um, check out her website, absolutely purchase her book. I have it in my cart right now, and hopefully we will have her back on another episode um, coming up soon. And until next time, talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. As an executive woman, giving ourselves permission to ask for what we want is so important. And since I like to practice what I preach, I'd like to ask you for a favor. If you could head on over to iTunes or wherever you're listening from, and leave a review and a rating, I would really appreciate it. It helps so much. And if you know of another amazing woman that could benefit from these topics, please be sure to forward this podcast to her. Until next time.